This week's episode makes a brief mention of sexual assault, so please listen with care. Welcome to Criminality, the podcast that I host along with Melissa about crimes and reality TV because it isn't a crime to like reality TV. Hi, Melissa. Hi, Rebecca. I like that. Every turn, I didn't know where we were going. It was a mystery Neither to me. Neither did I. <laughs> it was so like a choose your own adventure. I didn't even know what was going to come out of my mouth. <laughs> I Hi. enjoyed it. Hi, how are you? I'm good. Happy uh, day after Halloween. And a happy day after Halloween to you and yours as well. Thank you. Thank you. It was fun to kind of do Halloween with you sort of together. We were in spirit. We were together in spooky spirit. We were together in the same theme, which was really fun. So much fun. Um, My daughter was thoroughly embarrassed um, by my (laughs) whole thing, but told somebody else, another adult, and was like, oh, my gosh, this is so great. That was such a great idea for you guys. Exactly. The external validation is all you need. <laughs> there you go. So Rebecca, you were um, Mabel Mora from Only Murders in the Building. I was. I um, I had a yellow shirt and red headphones. I was halfway <laughs> there. I'm like, I can do this. The character was actually based on you. Um, that's what... It's- What's Little Selena known gets to mention? Yeah, <laughs> I said they should cast Selena Gomez. I was like, no, no, I don't want to do it. Let Selena do it. She needs her moment, you know. Mm-hmm. You know, you know. It's like sometimes you just have to like share your platform. <laughs> Absolutely, she just has an HBO show and like a million hit songs, and just you know has the world in the palm of her hand. It's so nice of you to give to those that are less than. I try. I try. (laughs) Um, And you, when choosing characters from Only Murders in the Building, decided gut milk was the only way to go, which I just adore. And your costume came out so well. You're a very good crafter. Oh, thank you. That was my husband. He's gotten a bunch of tools, so I knew I could get him to like do something because he just wants to use them. I'm like, yes, yes, yeah. Yeah, gut milk makes makes sense as much as nothing else makes sense. Mabel made sense. Gut milk is kind of like a few people that have even watched it were like, I don't remember the gut milk. <laughs> I had to uh, remind pe- a couple of people as well. They were like, oh, 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 right. And then they thought it was so funny. Yeah. <laughs> um, which is really how you want your jokes to land. <laughs> if you click gut milk, like the hashtag on Twitter, I'm the only photo of gut milk. Anything else is just like, you know, other comments about the show. But as far as a person and gut milk, there's a good chance that was the only one that happened. Well, then doesn't that mean there's a good chance it's going to go viral? <laughs> okay, we're two days into this and I've tagged everyone I know and nothing's <laughs> We've heard nothing. I know. Like, did you hear about the woman who went as gut milk? Um, yeah, I think there were lots of Mabel Morris. I have a feeling, but I walked around New York City and nobody looked twice. I think I just looked like girl from Brooklyn so you looked adorable loved it I'm keeping all the pieces I'll probably wear them again in different iterations perfect the best kind of Halloween um before we start we got big news today it was like Bravo just was like you know let's just keep the 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 weekend holiday high going and we had a great night of TV last night with the Potomac 
uh, finale. And then we yep. had, of course, Salt Lake City, which is leading up to the big episode Ooh, next week, I so think. Good. Um, and they announced the new franchise, the first. Well, no, not the first international. No. Yes, the first international. No, they had Melbourne. Oh, Melbourne. Right. Why? Did, what did they say it was the first of? That Nothing. I don't know. I feel like they do that with everything. They're like, yeah, they it's made the first it sound like, and... yeah, but it is, it does feel really exciting. And it, it is does. that it's going to be in Dubai. That's so exciting. I, I know. also saw, okay, I don't know this person, but I know the name. Ka- is it Catherine Stanbury? Is she from Caroline? Caroline, thank you. There was, okay, so there was somebody that tweeted an article I guess that wasn't supposed to come out yet or I don't know you know one of these things where people just take screenshots her name was on there because she's engaged maybe for to somebody from Dubai well I don't wait so you don't know who Caroline Stanberry is I know the name so you didn't watch Ladies Ladies of London London. I didn't watch it (gasps) no I I know I need to I okay here's a confession I wasn't gonna make because now my my showing my cards which is I guess on brand for the Las Vegas theme I Google Ladies of London and crime and scandal because I want to like I want to cover it so badly. Like I'm hoping I'll uncover a crime connected to one of them because I love that show so much. So yeah, Caroline Stanbury lived. She was like the queen bee of the Ladies of London. Okay. In the last episode of the last season, she and her husband and children moved to Dubai for his job. Oh. And so when as soon as they announced it, people were like. Caroline Stanbury has to be on it. And so, yeah, I think it got leaked and it sounds pretty, pretty certain, I think, that she's going to be on it. And she's engaged to a real, um, she's engaged to a soccer player, uh, Real Madrid. I don't know if he's from Dubai or just stationed there. I don't know. Yeah. um, Oh, it's so exciting. Okay. Well, then I need to watch Ladies of London. I've never had anyone give me like the seal of approval, like you need to do this. So. I mean, I'm waiting for take it. it with a grain of salt. It's me. <laughs> but um, I enjoyed it thoroughly. Yeah. Okay. I, it's like everything great about the housewives in London. It's, I mean. Okay. I'm going to do it. I'm going to yeah. do it. There's like monarchy there. related people. There's a socialite, socialite, like an honest, like bona fide socialite. It's really good. Okay. I'm very excited. I'm going to definitely check it out, but I won't have it as my clues next week because that would be too easy, but I'll definitely yeah. watch it. Well, it would be fun to get one for one. Yeah, I don't <laughs> oh, yeah. I understand. I'll see if I give you a softball or not. Well, in terms of location, I don't know. Maybe Vegas isn't that different. There's probably part of it that's modeled to look like Dubai. I'm sure it's somewhere maybe. there. Um, but tonight's story, Melissa, I'm excited to share with you because it's a little... It's actually really different. The shows we usually cover have a lot in common. Right. Even though the stories and the crimes are always so different. There's usually romance or relationships, wealth and glamour, or at least the perception of wealth and glamour. And the show I'm going to feature in today's story is nothing like that. I would say it's like a completely different category of unscripted reality TV. It's down to earth. It is the everyman's reality TV It might even be the working man's reality TV. It's gritty, dirty, and while it rarely glitters, sometimes there is gold. I feel like this is a better lead up to a different show than I'm doing, but what are you thinking? Is it Pawn Stars? Yes! Oh, is it? Really? Yes, but... (laughs) Sorry, I did a lot to you at one time. I 
if you're watching this, I just put up a new background. Um, this is what I think of when I think of Las Vegas. I think of Siegfried, Siegfried and Roy. Yes, that tracks. But you said Pawn Star and did the image. And I thought, do I have the wrong show? Or does <laughs> she, did she really just say Pawn Stars? Like, I was so confused. Yes, you are correct. Yay. I only and got it after those clues. Not the first okay. three. I was still, okay. I still wasn't sure. Well, I feel like what I just said could have also been Storage Wars. And these are in the same category, right? It's like this right. every man's kind of treasure hunt. And I love shows like this. Do you watch these? Um, I don't really watch them. My <laughs> husband did do like his own version of Storage Wars where he went with his friend to like actually try and do the storage thing and said it was intimidating and terrifying. I could see that. And was like, I almost bought an entire storage thing of just like sweaters. Like he just panicked. So um, <laughs> I would so honestly like to me, that's like bonus content material because yeah. <laughs> I am fascinated by that. That's so interesting. I grew up. Um, my dad is very much one of those like one man's trash is another man's treasure kind of person. I remember right. him bringing a new a new suitcase home and him being like, they were going to throw this out. Can you believe it? And my mom's like, yes, like, look at it. Absolutely. But it was a perfectly good suitcase. We didn't need one. But like, why wouldn't you take it? Mm-hmm. So I've got that in me and I love thrift store shopping. I love, I love treasure hunting. I love flea markets. So these shows really appeal to me. Yeah. Um, this is so interesting to me. Like the shows you watch that I don't. And now this is like my version of yeah. like yeah. the, um, um, I guess all these like married at first sight, married at ones. first sight, love after lockup. Yeah. I do trashy in a different sense than you do. These Mine are is- literal. Trash. Yeah, yeah. You do trash and I do trash people. There's a difference. These are also sometimes trash people, but Pawn Stars, <laughs> I will say pretty compelling characters. We'll get into it. Pawn Stars is on the history channel and it's a reality show that follows the real life pawn store, which is actually called gold and silver pawn shop, which is mm. boring. Um, in Las Vegas, just two miles from the strip. And I love that you actually haven't seen it because now I have like the great challenge of, of describing it to you. Um, each episode features customers coming in with their item to pawn and they, you can also sell it outright. Okay. So you and I have talked about Las Vegas before we get any further. Like it, I don't remember when exactly, but I think we established it's like not for us. Yeah, very much. Nothing about it says, Melissa, come here. Same. Yeah. Yeah. So I've been exactly once and uh, my husband and I were visiting family in Vancouver and apparently they go to Vegas all the time because it's a really short flight Hmm. and their weather, their winters are so rough in Vancouver that they go just for that dry desert heat. And it's just like a fun, quick trip. Right. So we were out there visiting and they were like, want to go to Vegas with us. And it just felt like the right fun, spontaneous, like, yes, let's be that couple and say yes. I was like, I hate this place, but I do want (laughs) to go to Pawn Stars shop. And we did. So that was like, says everything about me, but that was like my big to-do list. That was my big itinerary. And the store is so different than it appears on the show. And now that I've done this episode, I know why. The store on the show is a replica set actually designed for filming. In the state of Nevada, you can't film somebody pawning or selling an item. So they actually basically vet the customers and the item. They have it all arranged and produced and practically scripted and then filmed on the set. The store is 15,000 square feet. It's not nearly as well lit. Like I right. walked in and I was like 
this is it. I mean, it was so disappointing. And of course the cast is never there because all they do sure. is film now. They don't need to work behind the counter. But I thought that was really interesting that yeah. it's all vetted. And if you watch the show, there's always like some shenanigans among the team, like Chumley getting into trouble. We'll get into who Chumley is. Yes. I'm sure maybe I you do know the name. Him. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And um, and then the customers coming in with this story. And it's always, it, that's the really interesting part. It's full of history. And there's always the building tension of like, will they make a deal or won't they? And it feels like Shark Tank, but with much lower, um, like much lower risk. That's a great (laughs) comparison. It kind of takes you on a very similar journey. Like someone comes in, gives their story. Like this was in my grandma's attic. My, you know, she says it's worth this. This is what I think. And then Mm -hmm. they say, would you like to pawn it or sell it? And they're like, I'm looking to sell it today. And then they're like, okay, well. I'm not really sure if this is real, but I got a buddy who's an expert in insert something like super specific here. And that expert's just right in the neighborhood and he comes and assesses it and then they start negotiating. So it's really sad because sometimes, you know, you just see people's disappointment learning that something's fake or they don't get as much money as they want it. You know, as you can imagine, like people pawn or sell things for all kinds of reasons. But let's go into who these pawn stars themselves are. So this is an actual family business. And the stars of the show are Richard Harrison, who goes by Richard Old Man Harrison. He actually passed away in 2018. And he's been known as Old Man since he was 38. And if you see him when, you know, in the seasons, he is is one of those people that just looks older than he is. Like he is Old Man Rick because he probably has been that crotchety and his voice was that grovelly and his hair that gray since he was 38, but he's the patriarch of the family. He wears a black cowboy hat. He's got this crazy wild gray hair. He's stoic. He's um, not snarky, but he, he doesn't like tolerate snark, but he's like got an encyclopedia brain. So he opened this store, the gold and silver pawn shop in 1989 with his son, the same name. So we've got two Rick Harrisons. I'll refer to senior Rick as old man. And I mean, that's what he would have wanted, apparently. <laughs> Absolutely. And anyone who watches the show and is listening will know that that is absolutely right. So his son, Rick, was always the next in charge, and he's now the sole owner and front man. And he also is very impressive in his knowledge. He grew up with old man as his dad and just this um, this interest in collecting and memorabilia. It spans so many genres. I'm, I'm you know, film, war, weaponry, like so yeah. many things. So they actually tried to give Rick a nickname because everyone on the show had one. And they were like, let's call him the spotter or the appraiser because he was really good at seeing items that were of high value. But it really didn't stick. And apparently the audience did not respond well to it. So he's just Rick. Oh, it's bad, especially if he had anything to do with giving himself a nickname. You can't give him yourself a nickname. I agree completely. And I don't know if it was self-generated or producers, but either way. He did that to himself. Yeah, (laughs) he wanted that. The appraiser had potential. It's like the negotiator. But um, (laughs) again, yeah, it's like doomed to fail. If you brought it up, it's not going to work. So he has his son whose name is Corey and they call him Big Hoss. I don't know what Hoss means, but it has to do with his big personality and also his big stature. Also, Pretty much everyone but old man Rick is really big on this show. Like just big, broad, burly dudes. I would say Corey and his dad Rick are like big guys. Right. That's all. Period. And no. <laughs> sentence. The other ones are triple Bs. You said big, burly. <laughs> I know. 
and big burly boys. Brawny. Brawny. Oh, okay. So the fourth and final cast member is Corey's childhood friend who was a store employee. And there were actually auditions for this role. They, you know, had dozens of employees at the time when the show was getting off the ground. But Corey really was vying for his childhood friend, Austin Lee Russell, who was affectionately known as Chum Lee, to come onto the show. And he did. And he quickly became just the crowd and audience favorite. He's he he reads a little dopey, but he's actually quite smart. He's playing a part for sure. Right. He is also really, really big. So like kind of super sweet, like big guy, round face and like, are you picturing Santa him? Claus characteristics? Oh. <laughs> In a certain kind of movie, maybe a depiction. But wait, what about a I Tim think... Allen version of the Santa Claus? No, no, no. Okay. No, but I don't know why I'm making you wonder when I could just show you. And if anyone's watching along at home, feast your eyes on the cast of Pawn Stars. Hold up. So that one's in the mafia. All right. Go (laughs) through who is everyone. Okay. So to my, I don't know what side they're on. Hat, old man. Hat, old man. Old man Rick. Next to him is Chum Lee. Okay. Rotate. Next to him is Rick Harrison, old man's son, and his son, Corey. Okay. Big Haas. Okay. Never seen Big Haas in my life. Never seen old man Rick, but I've seen Chumley and young er Rick. Yeah. It's very confusing. Uh, Yeah. Younger Rick would be right. That makes sense. I will say Corey is a big integral part of the show, but I I do feel like Rick, son of old man, father of Corey, and Chumley tend to be the most notable okay yeah, that's not true i don't know if that's true but what you just said tracks okay <laughs> so if you're wondering why they call him chumley like i was yes. it actually goes back to childhood there was a classic cartoon that i've never heard of called tennessee tuxedo and his tales t-a-l-e-s that, that's so- also been made up i don't buy that one either well according to chumley and Corey, this is true Tennessee was the penguin that the show was about, and he had a dim-witted walrus friend named Chumley, and he got named this in school, which is why I tend to believe this, because that sounds like some mean elementary school crap kids do. Like, Yeah, but what are, did those kids only have public access? I don't understand what I know, television and they were, were they, watching to come up with that. I know. It's like, were you a student in the 40s? Like, yeah. <laughs> what year was this? Was there TV? I think Big Rick is the one that came up with it. There's, he's the only one old enough to have seen a show with a tuxedo penguin. I think you're probably right. And he and him have a very, like, jovial, fun-spirited, but adversarial kind of relationship. Like, Chumley's full of shenanigans. Okay. For example, once he broke a very expensive base that they had sold, purchased for the store, and he just, like, put it back in the case and, like carried on like I'm sure it was just for the episode but then they discover it and he was just like oh I just put it back he's just always doing stuff like that you know I know (laughs) things a guy named Chumley would do Chumster Chumster exactly so these four men have been the anchor cast since the show premiered in 2009 and it is back in 2021 this year with its 19th season wow just pretty impressive it is and how it became a show is also impressive so this pawn shop was the subject of a 2001 documentary made by PBS. And after that aired, Rick 
old man's son noticed this big spike in visits and business, naturally. He was like, this whole being on TV thing is really good for the, sh- the yeah. store. I think we should pitch this as a reality show. And if you think about it, in like the early 2000s, that was like pretty, um, I don't know, forward thinking. And yeah. it wasn't like everybody who does anything as <laughs> a reality show. Right. So he set about getting a show developed and he pitched the show for four years with absolutely no interest. But somebody finally bit and it wasn't History Channel, but it was a pretty good bite. HBO. Wait, what? Yeah, HBO was like, we'll do this, but with a twist. They wanted it to be a pawn store version of a taxicab confession show. And Rick was like, nothing that interesting happens like, yeah. that warrants a confession. But sure, let's try. So they shoot a pilot. Rick is quoted as saying it was terrible and it never got off the ground. However, it is Vegas and better luck was just around the corner because... Two executives from a production company called Left Field Pictures were in Vegas for a bachelor party. And I feel like I would like these guys because they spent the time on this weekend trip for a bachelor party investigating the mysterious world of pawn shops. They're like, there's so many pawn stores here. Yeah. That's really interesting. So they start looking into all these stores and they come across Gold and Silver Pawn Shop and they meet Rick and they meet Big Rick, Old Man Rick. They meet Chumley and Corey. And they're like, this store is fascinating. They were so impressed by the historical knowledge these guys had that these two TV execs or production company executives were like, I think we have a show here. And basically Rick was like, we're ready. Like we agree. Yeah. And they, they did the right thing. They brought it to the History Channel, which is owned by A&E. And History Channel thought this is like a perfect fit because it's entertaining, but it's educational. And nobody was in this space. So they picked it up and it almost instantly became a hit. Well, but it is Las Vegas. And do you know, I'm sure you do know what Las Vegas is referred to as like, it's like colloquial nickname is. Um, no, I, I mean, I think I do, but just... you do. You can take time. We can edit it. Oh, I can't take enough time. I feel like I just heard it on something the other day. Sin City. Oh, yeah. No, I did know that one. I thought there yeah. was something about luck of... Some, I don't know. I think I heard it. Oh, maybe Las Vegas actually... You mean it's actual meaning? Y- yeah. Uh, I don't want to go too deep in the wo- uh, weeds it's okay. here. I think I was just going I for Sin City. I did know Sin City was it. Okay. <laughs> okay. So it being Sin City and all, and a pawn shop right off the strip, surely things would be bound to go wrong. And if you ask the cast of Pawn Stars, they could tell you, yes, a lot has... And continues to go wrong in spite of the massive success. So I'm going to tell you about just a few of the things that have been particularly notable that have not been in this show's favor. Okay. But before we do that, I want to talk about the business of pawning because I thought I understood what pawning something meant. Right. But I actually didn't. No. <laughs> and probably everyone's like, we all get, well, maybe, yeah. Do you know what pawning something is? I think this is my knowledge of it, what I think it is. I think you bring it somewhere, they tell you what it's valued at, they give you that money, you leave the item there, you come back to pay for it and get that item back. With interest. With interest, right. So it's basically a loan. They're keeping collateral. Oh my gosh, Melissa. I mean, okay, maybe everybody really did know this. 
I don't know why I didn't understand the like getting it back part. And like, this is why it's different from a sale transaction. It's the okay. pawning part is that it's collateral. It's a loan. They're basically like a bank of sorts. Yeah. And you're exactly right. So if there's a period of time that the person can come back for it and they can pay for it, but they do owe interest and that's how the store makes money. Um, and if they don't come back in that period of time, they are entitled to sell it. Pawn shops need the same licensing as banks. Really? Which I think is crazy. Yes. And there's very strict laws. They vary from state to state, but Nevada's happen to be very strict because of Las Vegas, I'm sure, and like sure. the population of them. By population, I mean the, the volume of them, the amount of them. Right. There's really strict rules and guidelines around the process of pawning. Okay, the really important thing to know is that, and again, it varies by state to state, and in Nevada, it's between 30 and 90 days is this period between which the person can leave an item and come back. Okay. And there's two reasons for that. One, I guess, is just it's fair to the person to give them a reasonable amount of yeah. time. But the second reason is because if an item is stolen, which... I'm sure is not surprising, happens at pawn shops, right? Mm. If you get something, how do you offload it quickly for money? You pawn it. That gives the police a chance to recover stolen items because if it doesn't leave the pawn shop within right. 24 hours or a week, they have a better chance of getting it. And that I feel like I remember from Law & Order episodes because they're always like, you know, going sense. in and showing their badge and like, did this guy come in with emerald oh, ears or whatever? Yeah. So, so this Waiting period is really important and breaking it could result in all kinds of penalties, fees, and like, you know, having your license revoked and all right. of that. Okay. So now I understand the pawning business. The store can also just purchase things outright. And that is what most of the people on pawn stores do. They come in, the guys will ask, are you looking to buy or are you looking to sell or pawn? And they say sell and they just negotiate a price. Then it's the stores and they can sell it for whatever they want. And that person's out of the transaction. Can I ask a pawn question before? Please. Okay. Yeah. My question is, why would you go buy something at a pawn store? Is it a better deal? So if they're buying it, am I thinking, I've just never shopped at a pawn shop. So that's where I'm. It's a really great question. And I think pawn stores vary wildly from store to store. But I do think some, especially ones like this, have a reputation for having a really unique inventory of okay. collector items. So people sell rare things. It's almost like a pre-eBay thing. Like, okay, it's like a way to sell something with a middleman. I think um, people now can do a lot more of this on the internet, but you might go to a pawn shop to find something rare. Right. And yes, I also think there's probably like a price point appeal if and it's not something rare. And they've authenticated it so you know that it's it's real. It's what they say it is. Exactly. That's a okay. big part of why the stores um, say it's better to do than on eBay because the transaction's with a human and the store verifies it. And they do have all these experts come in and authenticate things. So yeah, I think you you can trust what you're getting is real. There's a unique inventory of items. And for the items that maybe aren't rare, there's a slightly better price than just buying it somewhere else. Got it. So the business was doing really well and the store made it do even better. They had to expand 30,000 square feet. They had to hire 30 more employees so it shouldn't come as a surprise that there have been lawsuits and legal troubles. Rick Harrison told Fox News, the more money you make, the more times people sue you. People are always going to eventually sue you for something. And we know that from doing the show and watching The Housewives. And Just Mo ask Money, Mo Problems. Erica ask. Jane. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> like this is exactly Mo Money, Mo Problems. 
So there have been lawsuits, legal issues, and scuffles with the law. And let's just dive into a couple. So in 2012, this was uh, one of the first notable lawsuits by a customer to the store. Okay. A 62-year-old veteran brought an old rifle to the store to be assessed for a purchase. According to the plaintiff, this man, who I'm not naming, he's named in the lawsuit, but I feel like, why? Mm. Uh, according to him, the old man Rick and his son Rick placed him in a chokehold, dragged him through the store, and threw him on the sidewalk. I see your face and I want to say something. There is a tough guy, machismo, sure, big male energy in this show and in these guys. Like, these are not sweethearts. Like, they, they probably are deep down, but like, they're running a business on the strip. Like, they probably get all kinds of crazy people. At I can't all, imagine. It's a 24-hour business. Like, yeah. Ooh, the, the store is open 24 that. hours. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, like, they don't take crap. Right. So, while I... We'll get to whether or not this happened, but like some people might go like, yeah, the tracks like and the younger guys, especially Corey and Chumley, like they get in bar fights. Right. These are guys sure. who are like ready to fight. OK, so on top of this, the man claims his cane was broken and his rifle was damaged, making it unsellable during the altercation. He sued the business for his medical expenses. And there is literally no outcome that I can see on uh, on record anywhere. But I think it was settled out of court is my guess because 20,000 is not that much money. Right. And probably more than the rifle was worth. Who knows what the medical bills were. But the grandson, Corey. Other side, Corey, yep. mm -hmm. uh, He said that old man Rick and his dad Rick were not even in the store when this gentleman came in. And the plaintiff had become irate when he wasn't happy with the outcome of the price and the transaction that went down. And he was forcibly removed from the store, but it's because he was waving this rifle around and saying he was not happy. Now, I don't think it was loaded, but it was very menacing. And the store employees brought him out. Right. And Corey said if he had been there and if this were to happen again, he would completely do the same thing. And he totally had his store employees backs. Right. So that was like a minor lawsuit. Doesn't seem to have like a big impact on their success or their future. Right. In the same year, there was another lawsuit, but not for $20,000, for $5 million. Fortunately, they weren't suing the guys, but a talent agency called Venture IAB Inc. filed a $5 million lawsuit against A&E, who owns History Channel, okay. saying that they stole the stars. Apparently, the guys, all of them, Richard Harrison, Richard Harrison, Oh, by the way, Corey's name is Richard C. Harrison. It's Richard no, Corey no, Harrison. No. So it's Rick, Rick, and Rick. <laughs> so Rick, Rick, Corey, and Austin Russell, Chumley, uh, were all part of this uh, venture IAB Inc. in those early, early days when they were kind of out pitching. Oh, then okay. the show blew up. The guys got wooed by United Talent Agency, which is like a top tier agency. Right. Apparently, Venture IAB is like a local Las Vegas one, and they're not even like in the same realm and right. it seems like the professional advice that the pawn star guys got was like terminate the contract it's fine we've got you like we're all about to make a ton of money right it's no big deal so they did they went over and they dumped this guy who'd like really helped them so it is kind of one of those sad stories like you can kind of imagine yeah this was like going to be a big break for this talent agency locally right so they sued um five million they sued a and e for five million dollars there is no on-the-record resolution to this, 
which makes me believe there was a settlement as well. I hate when right. those things settle and nobody says it because you just can't find the dollar yeah, amount and it, it probably isn't disclosed anyway. Right. But um, I'm, I'm, it makes sense to me that they're with UTA, but I do feel bad for IAB, whoever that is. Yeah, <laughs> no kidding. But you can understand, you can understand it from both sides. You can understand why they went with the bigger company. And, but if they, if that like talent agent got his money, then good I for mean, him. They also really could have paid the five million or close yeah. to it because, um, I mean, I've got some numbers later on in the episode. Like the show's success is massive, hmm. and all of the stars now have like a decent net worth. It's like under ten million, but it's like in the millions each of them. Yeah, yeah. So you know, the show has made people a lot of money, and that's probably why they said it was okay to terminate the contract. But right. another good lesson in reading your contracts. There you go. So speaking of $5 million, they got hit again in 2014, but this time they were named in this lawsuit. And this one is interesting. So according to a criminal complaint filed by the state of Nevada in Clark County Justice Court, a coin collection worth an estimated $50,000 was stolen from David Walter's Las Vegas home in November of 2013 by his own niece, Jennifer Beckman. So basically it was in November she came and visited once and took some coins, and he didn't know. She then pawned those at Gold and Silver Pawn Shop. Then she came back on Thanksgiving and took the entire collection and did the same thing. David Walters didn't know about the theft until days later after Thanksgiving when there was a break-in in his home. So at that point, she took the remaining coins. She didn't take them all on Thanksgiving. She okay. came back. So when that happened, he's like, I know exactly what happened. This is my niece. And he calls the police. Police say it was at this time that um, his niece and her boyfriend showed up by taxi to the pawn shop and sold the remaining coins that they had from this last break-in. And all told, they probably made like over $9,000 off this coin collection. Walters, the man, said that these gold and silver coins were of the highest quality and were untouched by human hands which I have to imagine means they're encased in like those little right. slim boxes because how else could they not be touched by human hands? I mean, um, I guess he could have a monkey that worked for him that was the one hand. <laughs> right. Monkey hands all over them. Human little fingerprints? Little pieces of poo. No. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> They'd been purchased over the year for his children and he'd been waiting to disperse them to like his grown children. Oh, man. And he said they had great sentimental and financial value. The actual monetary value is disputed. He says $50,000. Now, we remember that Nevada pawn shops are highly regulated. Every piece of merchandise has to get reported into a database. Every customer has to prevent ID. And there's that 30 to 90 day holding period. So according to the Las Vegas Metro Police, the guys at Gold Silver Pond did everything by the books. They registered the transaction right. so the police could see it was taken there. And the detectives working this case are like, great we've located them like there's going right. to be a resolution they call david the coin owner and say great news we've got your coins they're at gold and silver pawn shop then they go back to the pawn shop to retrieve them and they learn the coins have been melted down and it's only been a little bit of time right so remember our holding period we can't blame the guys, though, because there is one exception on the books to this holding period, and it's coins. For whatever reason, in Las Vegas law, you don't have to hold coins for any period of time. Oh, wow. So they assessed these coins were, like, moderately valuable, but probably just for the metal themselves. Right. 
So a rep from the store told the police coins that don't sell go into a bin and get melted down or sent to a coins distributor. Like they're gone. Right. So I also learned that you can create something called bouillon, like like beef bouillon. Well, uh, that's making a stew. I don't know if I'm saying it right. Like, yeah, like like the stock of a stew. But it's like, well, wait, I think that has an O in it. This is B-U-L-L-I-O-N. But it's the metal that comes from. Maybe it's on the periodic table. I don't know. I didn't get that far. (laughs) Anyway, that's what it melts down to. And there's some value in it. So this lawsuit is actually uh, unresolved and possibly still going. But it looks very favorable for the guys. And there have been quotes. They are like not sweating this at all because they did absolutely nothing wrong. But it is an interesting example of exactly what these laws are in place for. Because people can steal stuff, like take the money and run. And then the store can sell it. But what I did learn is in these situations, when there is a theft, the store is out that money when an item gets recovered. So whatever they paid for those coins, had they been there, they would have to give them back to the cop. The cop would give them back to the owner and the shop would be out the five grand or the four grand or whatever they paid. Oh, wow. I was so, wondering how that would work because that would stink. And I guess that's why they have to be very cautious of who they buy um, yes, buy stuff from. And it incentivizes huh. the store owners to really make sure they are not taking stolen goods because it will right. only hurt them financially. Right. So I guess that's all connected. So that happened in 2014, but that was nothing compared to the biggest scandal that I found related to Pawn Stars, which was in 2016. This was not just legal. This was not just a lawsuit. This was full on criminal. So we haven't talked a lot about Chum Lee, but I did tell you he is like the audience favorite because he's like goofy right. and I'm just like, Look at that like, goofy little face. He like pretends yeah. he's a tough guy, but he, he actually probably is one of those like low-key teddy bear types. Mm-hmm. So after a couple quiet years of no lawsuits, the crowd favorite Chumley found himself at the center of a serious crime. In 2016, a woman reported a sexual assault to the Las Vegas Metro Police Department, and it was against Austin Lee Russell, known as Chumley. So as part of the investigation, the police interviewed possible witnesses and the victim, and they obtained a search warrant for his home where they wanted to collect possible evidence, including bed linens and some items of clothing. Let's pause right here and hear what happened after this short break. Spring is bursting with fresh energy. The air, our aspirations, and even our homes get a refreshing makeover. And what better time to revamp your home security with Simply Safe? It's our top choice and for good reason. Praised as the best home security system for 2024 by US News and World Report and recognized by Newsweek for its exceptional customer service, Simply Safe has you covered. From break-ins to fires and floods, its comprehensive sensors keep your entire home safeguarded. I also love that with the cameras I have in my house, I can be gone, not be able to get a hold of a kid, and simply go onto one of the cameras and look around the room and see my kid is there and safe, but just ignoring me, as you know, kids will do sometimes. And with a range of indoor and outdoor cameras, you can keep a vigilant eye on your property around the clock. For less than a dollar a day, you can enjoy 24-7 professional monitoring, ensuring prompt emergency responses for whenever you need it. Plus, Simply Safe's monitoring agents can intervene in real time, deterring intruders with the power of voice through wireless indoor cameras. But the best part is there's no long-term commitment and you have a generous 60-day money-back guarantee. So why not give Simply Safe a try? If it doesn't exceed your expectations, 
expectations, simply return it for a full refund. Simply Safe has given us and our listeners real peace of mind. We want you to have it too. Get 20% off any new Simply Safe system when you sign up for Fast Protect monitoring. Just visit simplysafe.com/criminality. That's simplysafe.com/criminality. There's no safe like Simply Safe. Factor is back as a sponsor of Criminality and I couldn't be happier. Here is one of my favorite things about Factor's delicious, ready-to-eat meals. They're perfect year-round in all seasons. I loved having Factor meals in the winter when it was so cold and so miserable to go out, and I was happier to stay inside and heat up my Factor meal and get a warm meal. But now that it's spring and warming up outside, I'm revving up my fitness routine. So I don't want to do takeout as much. I certainly don't want to cook or grocery shop. And I'm more conscious about what I'm eating. Another perfect season and reason to get Factor Meals delivered. Every fresh, never frozen meal is chef crafted, dietitian approved, and ready to eat in two minutes. You can choose from a weekly menu of over 35 options, including popular options like the one I get, which is Calorie Smart, but you can also do keto, protein plus, or vegan and veggie. Also, it's not just meals. They have more than 60 add-ons every week, like breakfast, on-the-go lunches, snacks, beverages, all kinds of things to help you stay fueled and feel good all day long. What are you waiting for? Get started today and fuel up for your springtime goals. Head to factormeals.com criminality50 and use code criminality50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next box. That's code criminality50 at factormeals.com slash criminality50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next box while your subscription is active. So the police get a search warrant and they go to Chumley's home. Chumley answers the door and they tell him they're there because they have a search warrant to search his home. And he's like, you know, I'd really rather not talk to you without an attorney present. And they're like, well, that's nice. We're not here to talk to you. We're here to search your home. So step aside. Right. Because that's how search warrants work. And yeah. um, they go inside and they immediately see a small safe in the living room. They're like, huh. Note to self. Then they go upstairs and they see a huge vault in Chumley's bedroom. So at this point, they go and get Chumley, who'd been waiting outside. And they're like, hey, these vaults are fair game because they are in your home. Right. The search warrant covers those. So we're going to need the combination to those safes. And Chumley says he doesn't have it. He doesn't know them, but his assistant does. They were like, well, tell your assistant to give us the codes. And kind of gives me like David Spade vibes. Spade like, vibes, yeah, yes. yeah. And also like know your combo codes. I don't know if he was lying to just like right. not wanting to do it. But if you don't and you're entrusting your that information with your assistant, like terrible practice. Yeah. But Nick, his assistant, is the one who literally opens both of them. So Nick is opening them. And Chumley is like, I'd really rather not do this. There's private things in there, <laughs> which oh gosh. is like a very Chumley thing to say. Like, that's where I keep my private stuff. Like, yeah, we all keep our private stuff in, in vaults. Right, right. Um, and then he says he's not a drug dealer. He just smokes, quote, a lot of weed. So <laughs> he was. He quantifies it. Yeah. So they shouldn't have been surprised then. And they're, they're going into the vault and he, he's over explaining. I love that. He didn't want to talk without an attorney. Now he's telling them everything. And he's like, mm -hmm. I buy a lot at one time so that I don't have to go out all the time to buy it because I smoke so much. So his assistant's opening the safe and they pull out, here it comes four ounces of weed, which I don't know anything <laughs> about drugs. Uh, I looked up like, is this a lot of weed? It's yeah. a lot. It's like, <laughs> 
I love that. That's what I would have to do. So I, I just, I don't know, four ounces is like, oh, you can take it on a plane. Well, not if it's weed, but yeah. it's a quarter pound if you want to put it in another perspective. That helps. And that helps. weed is a, is a plant, an herb, right? So that's very light. So suddenly you're talking about a quarter pound of something and you're like, oh, that's a lot. It's, it's beyond like occasional recreational use. But he admitted that. Um, he had meth. He had Xanax. And there were also traces of co- cocaine and the really big problem, 12 guns, eight of which were unregistered. So the actual quote from the police report says, it should also be noted that the amount of narcotics, narcotics paraphernalia, and narcotics-related items found throughout the residence suggests Austin openly allows and participates in the unlawful use and possession of narcotics. Many of these items are commonly found with persons who package and sell controlled substances, including plastic baggies and digital scales. So it wasn't just the drugs in the vault. It was sort of what they saw throughout the home that was like, this is not like recreational personal for selling. Exactly. So all told over 40 items were seized and listed on the police report. And there are three columns on the report. So you've got your first column, which is items seized, just like a litany of things, including his T-shirt and sheets and all that stuff for the assault charges. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Then the middle column says recovery location. And then the last one says officer name, meaning the officer who collected it. Most items collected were found in the kitchen, the living room, master bedroom, or it would say large vault or small vault. But there, there was also a location in that column for several items. And the official location of those items were the chum chum room, (laughs) (laughs) which is a room with a dancer pole where they found clear plastic baggies with white residue, dollar bills rolled up with white residue. Um, I don't know if he gave it the name or there was a sign on the door, but the official police report says, Item, chum chum room, item, no, the chum chum room, item, the chum chum room. I know and who like, gave it to him. Big Rick. Big Rick. <laughs> Big Rick gave him all the nicknames. <laughs> Keep uh, the penguin out of this. Yeah. Rick's like, I'm the appraiser. This is the chum chum room. This is the chum chum room. But oh. I just was like, how is that on a police report? And how hard did these cops laugh after work? I mean, so unfortunately, there's no photos. Yeah. Well, actually, I'm okay with that. I I, I need my, to see the chum chum room. Doing enough. <laughs> I need to see the chum chum room. Um, That's where you should have gone in Vegas. To the had I room. known, yeah. Yeah, because that's that's definitely where I would go. That's your speed. So he spends a night in jail. He posts the $62,000 bail. The sexual assault charges were dropped. So he was fully cleared of that. He was now just focused on all the other felony weapons charges that came by way of that search the chum warrant chum room. <laughs> around and the chum chum room blame it on the chum chum room <laughs> it's like sing sing it's like you're going to sing sing it's like you're going to chum chum yeah <laughs> except i guess for some Both people this is a good horrible. thing yeah <laughs> so he decides he gets a lawyer of course and he decides to plead guilty to a few of the felony weapons charges they give him a deal he does an unlawful possession of a firearm He takes a gross misdemeanor of attempted drug possession, and he gets three years probation, which by now is over. Right. All things told, he got out of that pretty easily. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. Even his, yeah, his probation's over now. So during this time, he doesn't announce any big 
you know, you and I love like a, I've changed my life redemption story. Like love there, it. there isn't that, but he did do a lap band surgery and changed his eating habits. He lost over a hundred pounds. Not Whoa. Yeah. And I love this a lot because he says, um, when I first began, I eliminated all processed foods except mustard, <laughs> which I mean, <laughs> again, if you know, this show is such a chumly thing to say. It's like, why mustard? And I guess, yeah. yes, mustard is processed, but like, it just cracks me up. And then he went on to say, now everything in moderation is my motto. So I don't know if he gave up drugs and alcohol, but I'm sure being on probation, he was not able to recreate in the same ways. So I'm right. hoping that like the healthier lifestyle has reframed, you know, maybe his whole, his whole lifestyle, but right. I don't know. Do you and think also- this- do you think the Chum Chum Room is just various des- uh, various mustards now? Just like <laughs> no, walls of just mustards? Like a, give me your top shelf mustard chum. Dijon. I mean, I want the, nothing but the best stuff. Yeah. <laughs> well, he actually sold this, uh, this house after years of being on the market. Um, I forget what year. It's not really part of the episode, but I did read an LA Times article because it's like it was this crazy mansion. It had right. um, he had street lamps installed out by the pool like for like to create a certain vibe and it sold for like 1.3 million, but this house was huge. I was like, huh. that's it. Like, I think it's a combination. It was like before the market was what it is now. Right. Also very unique decor. I think for someone, they probably had to like, un- what do you have? Like bedroom one, bedroom two, chum, chum <laughs> street lamp yes. next to your pool. It's a oh real specific taste. Yeah. Um, so, so those are like the major, major crimes and scandals around the Pawn Stars, but a couple fun facts that I learned along the way that I thought you, Melissa, specifically would appreciate. In January of 2011, Pawn Stars was the highest rated program on the History Channel, the second highest rated reality show ever, only behind, guess which show? Your um, first one. Hollywood. Um, no, your first episode. My first episode. Oh, Jersey Shore? Yes. Really? Yes. Whoa. So that really surprised me because I would think this is popular, but I wouldn't think it had like mass appeal. And I think the markets are probably very different, the demographics. Yeah. But the numbers are comparable, which is wild. Right. Um, There was a celebrity cameo guest. There have been lots of celebrities on. Like that's mm-hmm. been fun. Like musicians come on, different people, artists. Steve Carell came on in 2013. Aw. My kids like this show, by the way. That's mm-hmm. so, it's like one of these things we watch. According to Reuters, within one year of its premiere, Pawn Stars became the most watched program on ad supported cable. Whoa. I know. No the idea. show resulted in history scoring its highest viewing numbers ever. The show has been translated to 38 languages and it airs in 150 countries. And all the guys say they, they cannot travel abroad without getting mobbed by fans. And really? This, yes. And this is such like, it's just such an American show. I mean, it's like literally in the Wild West. It's in Las Vegas. It's just, I, I don't know. It seems so uniquely American and yet everyone loves it yeah. all around the world. Huh. And Gold and Silver Pond Store, the actual shop, is the most visited non-casino site in all of Las Vegas, making me feel much better about my decision <laughs> to go there on my two-day trip. I love that though. That was, listen, that's exactly what I would have done. And even after hearing this, if I ever go to Vegas, this would be the place I'd want to go to. Well, we are going to Vegas next year. Oh yeah, Crime Con. And we will go here. Yes. Yes. 
So when I went to New York, I went to the, wait, not the plaza. What's the Tom? Where was he at? I was at the- Oh, the Regis. The Regency. The Regency. Yeah. I took a picture out in front of that, in front of Sbarro's because of the office. (laughs) So like I had no, those, my only place I wanted to go was the Regency. So I totally get it. Yeah. When you have like these weird personal TV references for places, Mm -hmm. it makes it a very special- trip I got each of my kids something from the pawn shop I remember what I got my daughter I don't remember what I got my other kids I don't know why just obviously they weren't that special um but it was really fun to go there you'll never see the cast but now there's um I read there's like a line of a thousand people every day to get into the store whoa well then you hit it at the perfect time I know it was like a weird day I just walked right in Hmm. um but yeah that's pawn stars I love it that's such an interesting one something I did not know really anything about well I like sometimes surprising you and giving you maybe something to watch if there's literally nothing else on maybe you will try this I think I've seen it in the background of things like at it's my a great background house show. my yeah, yes. yeah. It, it, it does seem like one of those perfect watches where you like don't really have to follow it week to week you can just jump in whenever oh, it's on at your doctor's office or completely <laughs> like doesn't matter what season you start just go in yeah and I forgot to mention the speaking of New York my dad as you might imagine loves the show and he told me he saw Big Rick uh old man's R. son R. oh okay yeah so not him but him. No R.I.P. Mm-hmm. Yes. Mm-hmm. In New York City. And my dad like stopped in his tracks just because it was like one of those total out of context moments where you like right. see someone, you know, and my dad just goes like this. And the man next to him who looked like a friend slash security dude gave my dad the eye like and he said this. He was like, like, really don't approach. Yeah. And I was like, I, that is fine. I will not. But like, that's kind of like what they project. So my dad did not ask for an autograph or say hello. He just moved along. But yeah, he had, I don't know if it was his friend or actual security, but they definitely were not interested in like taking selfies. Oh, I don't think my dad would have selfie guys. You know what? They also, they kind of look like anyone. Do you know what I mean? Like you. I've seen them several times or, you know, the two other ones, like I was saying, I don't even recognize the one. I don't think I would recognize them really anywhere. Maybe Chumley, maybe. But even that's then, I'd be like, he exactly looks like right. somebody I've seen. Yeah, that's why I said it's like that literal everyman's show. Like, yeah. big white guy energy. Yeah, they. I also think they might be more receptive to female fans approaching. Just a right. hunch. I don't yeah. know. <laughs> um, but yeah, I do enjoy the show. I can't help myself. And I love me a good storage wars yeah cast of crazy characters I just love I just love the discovery of an like of an item that they find out is worth something I just think it's it's a thrill so I love it for you I really love it for you and my husband both I know it's not Pawn Stars so what have you been watching and will I know it so let's see I have been watching here are my three clues I have a lot of feelings about this thing that I've been watching my three clues are Justin Thoreau Mm-hmm. Colt, oh, cigarettes. Oh, I'm gonna be so disappointed in myself. HBO. Um, but it's got to be like a scripted show because it's Justin Theroux. Yeah, it's a scripted show. It came out in 2014. Oh shoot! I'll give you one more clue. The guy that created this show also created Lost, which I did not know when I started this show. I know what this is. I don't, I won't know the name, but my husband said this was created by the guy who did Lost. 
if you were to make dinner tonight, do you want one more clue? I'm going to give it to you. No, it's going to make okay. me so stupid. Yes. Okay. okay. If I made dinner tonight and you wanted to eat it tomorrow, I would say take out the leftovers. The leftovers. No. Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes. I didn't watch it. Okay. I feel a little better. But yeah, I do no. remember that weird fact about it for some reason. Maybe my husband watched it and said that. Okay. Oh, my gosh. Well, then I need and? to speak to your husband because let me le- read the little Wikipedia thing. Please. It's an American supernatural mystery drama television series. It's everything. It's like nothing that I go for. Okay. Drama. Sure. Okay. So it's based on this book. It's all about this. Uh, it, it starts three years after what's known as a sudden departure. So yeah. At some point, 2% of the world's population is just gone. So originally people think it's like the rapture and Christians are gone, but then they realize like really crappy people (laughs) that are, you know, killing people are gone. Like, you know what I mean? Like you're like, hmm, this does not fit the bill. So it starts really three years after this has started. So everybody refers to them as the departed. You know, you have like one lady who her husband And two kids literally departed from their kitchen table while she's cooking. So she turns around. They're gone. It's dark. It's weird. And I still – I finished it and I still don't know how I feel about it. Oh, wow. Yeah. It's one of those. But, like, I'm not a big supernatural anything. So I already kind of struggle with it. And I did not know that it was about – it was – the guy from Lost, because I'm not a Lost kind Me kind either. of gal. So I would not have gone into it at all had I known that. But I ended up being really interested in it. I still don't huh. know how I feel about it, but I committed so much time to it because, you know, I'm not going to quit. And I so, know you're not. I'm like still wondering how you even stumbled into it. Like a friend recommended to watch it to me. Right now. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So that's where I got trapped. Yeah. And so <laughs> then I said, I'll put it on my list. And I actually did. And then I did this. So it, it's it's interesting. But the cult part is some of the people, everybody kind of lost their minds after this. As you can imagine, if 2% yeah. of people are just gone. So some people join a cult where they don't talk and they smoke cigarettes. I never figured out why that was the thing that they did. But they all did. And they literally smoked and wrote things on paper. Liv Tyler was a part of it. Some people wanting to do that. Yeah. Wait, in real life? What do you mean Liv Tyler? Um, I, I wanted to see if I could keep going and make you think that Liv Tyler really joined this cult, but no, she was on the show as well. So she oh, okay. joins <laughs> the cult. I was trying to figure out I was where like, I was like, is this based it. on a real story? Okay. No, it's based on a book. But anyway, it's, if you've watched it, please let me know. Cause I have some questions about what happened, but so it's, huh. it changes so much each season, just even the dynamics, but the main guy, Justin Thoreau's character is the sheriff in the town and he like. Is he losing his mind? Is it the are these things really happening to him? So oh. it's it's following that, but it gets like more and more bonkers. And it, I just I have not finished processing that show. I probably shouldn't have said it for this one because I'm still like figuring it out. I have no idea what happened. Uh how many seasons? Three seasons. And they're oh hour-long gosh. episodes. I oh committed gosh, so much of my life. I stayed up late and I even got up early a few times to watch it because I needed to know what happened. Well, then it's not bad. Then you don't dislike it. You can not know how you feel about it, but it was compelling enough to, to I don't like, recommend exert... anyone watch it. Yeah, that's interesting. <laughs> that is so interesting. Wait, do you know who wrote the book? Because the book sounds more familiar to me. Um, is it... let me wait, see. let me guess. Okay, go ahead. It's either Tom Parada. 
Is it? it? Yeah, that's so who it I is. I actually really like him. So I feel like I've picked that book up to read and I haven't, but I love that author. Okay. But yeah. But I didn't read that book. I don't know how close it is to the book. Um, yeah. Never going to find out. Um, but it was, it's, it's an interesting premise, but it feels like it changes a lot. And then like huh. the second, uh, second season, they're like in this whole other town called Miracle. It was just a lot for me to take in. I don't not recommend it, but I would not recommend, or I would maybe recommend it to a certain number of people, but I would like still be like, you can't be mad if you don't like this. I understand a recommendation with qualifications. So many qualifications. And yeah. one is like. Are you in a small coma and have a lot of time to just <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> do you have no gainful employment, no judgment, yeah. but this might be perfect. Yeah. If you are looking to kill some time and commit yeah, your life yeah. to something and not join a cult, watch this movie. Right, right, right. Cult alternative alternative. That's good. Yeah. Interesting. I probably won't watch it. Don't. <laughs> it's way too much of a commitment. It is it is a serious I just commitment. Don't see it happening. Mm-mm. Um, interesting. Unexpected. Very unexpected. I would agree with you. What are you watching, Rebecca? Okay, so I have two answers prepared because I might say this one, and you might say you told me this <laughs> earlier this year. I absolutely can't wait. Uh, and it's a season two, so you. I don't know when I watched season one. I don't think it was any time we've had this podcast, but I don't know. It's you. It's not you. Oh. <laughs> oh, sorry. I thought you were talking about me, but no, no. it's not you. I did also watch you, like okay. the entire third season, but I decided not to do that because oh, we kind of yeah. alluded to it last time and I was mm-hmm. like, eh. But okay. I mean, you, I could really say a lot about, but um, I had a couple flights, so I had time and I downloaded you and I watched it okay. and I downloaded this show, which is the okay. one I'm going to tell you. Netflix, Blind, On the Run. Chicago. Netflix Blind, On the Run, Chicago. Is it a new show? Oh, you said it's the second season of a show. Yeah, but I but the first season, I mean, I think probably came out last year, if not earlier this year. And it's like a very under-the-radar show. It's I don't hear anyone talking about it. I think it's really good. I loved season one. I tore through season two, but I don't think it's as strong. It never is. But, yeah. Um, do you know? Do you want me to tell I you? have no idea. Yeah, tell me. It's called In the Dark, which is also I the name of a great even podcast. Know yeah, yeah. I different. love the podcast. Um, me too. So it's on Netflix, and this is the premise. An irreverent blind woman in her 20s named Murphy drifts through life in a drunken haze. She has only two friends, Jess, her understanding roommate, and Tyson, a teenage drug dealer who saved her from a violent mugging. Out for a walk with her guide dog, Pretzel. Pretzel is the best. She stumbles upon a corpse that must be Tyson's, but it disappears before the police arrive. When they do not seem inclined to investigate, Murphy clings onto the only thing that can keep her together, figuring out what happened to her friend. She resolves to solve the murder herself while also managing her colorful dating life and the job she hates at Guiding Hope, a school run by her parents for training guide dogs. What on earth is this show? That is so many topics and ideas in one thing. It's Nancy Drew. If Nancy Drew were blind, used sex as like. <laughs> I knew sex or sexy was coming in. If yeah. You were promoting <laughs> the show. Oh my God. She, she has like a very, like, so sex is her diversion from being blind and like okay. having no control of over so much. Mm-hmm. It's like the only time she's fully like, like being able to release or feel free and not like 
trying to do life blind. Okay. And so that gets a little tricky, you know, when you start looking into potential murder suspects and maybe you have to start laundering money for a cartel. I don't know. I'm just saying that might happen. And things Is get that crazy. an option in this season, Rebecca? I'm so yeah, concerned it's for you. Happening. This is, I know. I know. This it's is really not. good. The actress is so good. I, uh, her name is Perry Matfield. Um, I'm going to have to watch a preview because please I got to be honest. This has CW written all over it. It makes sense why it started there. But if CW rejected it, Rebecca? Rejected or took a great deal from Netflix who saw its potential? It's on Netflix, Okay. That's so they could show boobs. That's the only reason it got on. You barely see any boobs. She's always wearing a bra. Okay. Well, flashback to uh, the leftovers. I've seen more genitals in the past few weeks than I've ever. Just every every second. Doesn't matter what they're doing. Next thing you know, somebody's naked. It's like the chum chum room, but. I wouldn't call it sexy either. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, there is a lot of sex in the show, but there's not a lot of nudity, so. And you might mine love was it. the opposite. Not a lot of sex, so much nudity. <laughs> yeah, that sounds worse. It it's definitely terrible. sounds worse. There are some things I have seen that I didn't know existed. I don't think I sold this well, but uh, it's a really – season one is really good. In a – not using – you know, this isn't going to like, you know – It's not going to change my life. Change your life. It's not going to strain your brain. You're not going to be like, okay, ooh, but who did it? I mean, there is a who did it aspect – what happened in season two is just like what happened in season two and three of you. It gets completely ridiculous. It goes off the rails. It follows like the zaniest plot to this place that I don't enjoy because my ability to suspend my disbelief that much just right. doesn't increase with the season number. So I right. feel like you, um, I feel like in the dark did that a little bit in season two. This feels a little far fetched, but there's something about her, the main actress, that's very right. compelling. Her being blind is really interesting, like just something I've never really seen depicted in a show yeah, before. Yeah. And yeah, ultimately it's like a whodunit and lots of cover-ups and like one crime. It's a very like Ozark light. It's Ozark light. Okay. That's one crime leading to another. That's and suddenly how you you're in it. way over the head. Yeah, I should have started that. That took me like seven minutes have we been rolling on this <laughs> to get to Ozark light. Um, but basically, the way you've described this makes me think you might have liked the show with bangs. I'm very concerned. I should have told you to watch it if this is the type of show you're into. I might have been wrong. Wait, The Leftovers? No, not not The oh, Leftovers. Oh, Bangs McGee? I'm not telling Wait. you. Bangs McGee. Um, what was that called? Clickbait. Um, I'm wondering now if clickbait. No, I, no I don't, don't do that hard. to me. No, 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 no. This is not the same as clickbait. I know that without even watching clickbait because I did watch a trailer of clickbait. Okay. All right, well, I'm going to have to watch a trailer of this because... We'll get back to me because you've seen both. So, yeah, watch the trailer and let me know. Yeah, I'll, I'm going to watch Ladies of London. I will I will follow you there. I'm excited. Okay, good. That I can feel great about. Um, oh, Caroline Stanbury is a lot. She is so mean and icy and perfect and it. gorgeous. Yeah. Um. So, hey, do you want to tell me a story next week? Hey, I do. Okay, so I have three clues for you. And if you've okay. listened to Moms and Murder recently, um, I kind of mentioned – not you. It's okay. I get it. You're calling um, me out. Yeah. No, no, no. I, I Others. Um, then I kind of hinted at this based on another episode we just did. Okay. So my three clues are Colorado, mm-hmm. fake, family. Colorado, I like whenever fake, you have light in family. your face and then you lose it. 
towards the end, you're just defeated. Do I know it? You know it. Colorado. And my clues aren't really crazy either, I will say. But oh, they're great. I mean, no, no, not that you if you so they're you have to know a lot of details. Who's in Colorado? I know. Sister, everybody's in Utah. I know. Who's near Colorado? It will include a music video, I'm excited to say. I'm excited to hear. Yay. Well, I'm excited. You'll be excited. <sighs> Don't at me, everybody. <laughs> Please <laughs> at Rebecca. <laughs> I'm excited, too. Am I going to kick myself? I don't think so. I mean, the clues are good if you know a lot of details of the story. They're not like when I did the Nicole Richie, so Paris obvious. Hilton kind of things. Okay. Yeah, they're not super obvious, but they do have to do with the story. Okay. Well, I would hope so. Um, yeah. I'm excited. <laughs> Let's do this again. Sounds good. Have a great couple weeks, everyone. Yes. And if you were watching us on YouTube tonight, you could have seen... Not just our faces, but Chumley and Corey and Rick and Ricks. So you should always tune into YouTube for our episodes so you can see what kind of crazy backgrounds we have. There you go. And Siegfried and Roy. I know. I always like trip up on their names. <laughs> Me too. RIP, whichever one's not here anymore. I know. <clears throat> or both. I don't know. All right. Well, thank you so much. Uh, leave a review if you haven't already. We love those. Those are so great. It's nice yeah. to see Thank you, everybody. really nice you things. One. Yeah. Yeah. Follow us on social media. Rebecca, you have a show, uh, Dialogue, every Wednesday. People can check out. It's awesome. Yes. Every Wednesday, new episodes. And for you, Tuesdays, new episodes of Moms and Murder. Yes, ma'am. All right. Well, we will be back in two weeks. Can't wait to, can't wait to do this again. Bye. Me too. Bye. Bye.